show. His name is Sam Amico. He is on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram hotline. Sammy, we're trying to dissect what last. I know it's one game, and I know sometimes we sit here and say we dissect one game and make it sound like it's the end of the world. But I'm just curious what your thoughts were, especially late in the game yesterday against a quality team. Sam, how are you? Good, guys. Uh, nice to nice to be here again. Uh, I think last night was just an example of the, you know the best team in the Western Conference. Teams, opponents, and and the Cavs should too are going to ramp it up at this time of year. Get ready for the playoffs, and uh, we just saw really the best team in the West take over in the fourth quarter, more or less. Can Kevin Love play? Well, the Cavs don't think he can. Um, that that's clear, know, right, Sam? Yeah, I mean, I I think that you know they kind of look at him as as at the point in his career where maybe a Blake Griffin is, you know, uh, kind of a guy who could help around the edges a little bit here yeah. and there. Yeah. Um, but you know, and they may be right. You know, I I think that you you generally don't let a guy go. Uh, if, if you think he's going to help you, especially when you're getting ready to, you know, return to the playoffs without LeBron James for the first time in forever. So 1998, 98 was the last time they were they were in the playoffs without LeBron. And when was the last time they won a series without LeBron? I don't I don't know. Would that be like 93? But uh, going back to Kevin anyway, I I think that you know you. you you just felt like you you had a better option there in, in Dean Wade and, and Kevin wasn't going to play. And then you signed Danny Green, uh, who didn't play last night. But, you know, you, you think that he's going to help you more when it when the games mean the most. Oh, Sam. Um, Sam Miko again from HoopsWire.com. Uh, can we talk a little bit more about Kevin? What happened? What do you think happened? I mean, they didn't want to play him, and he was ready to roll. Was he not happy? Were the Cavs not happy? Why, why do you think it ended the way it did? I, I think the Cavs were okay. I don't think they were unhappy. They were caught off guard. You know, when it comes to Kevin, look, they signed Danny Green, a, a, a guy who's 35 years old, coming off ACL surgery, and uh, they sign him. Kevin hasn't played 11 games at that point at all, hasn't gotten off the bench. And then Danny Green comes in in that first game, you know, been with the team about 24 hours and plays in that first game at Philadelphia before the All-Star break. I, I think that just set Kevin over the edge, you know, and, and, and he didn't play that night either. So it had been 12 straight games he hadn't even gotten off the bench, and I think that, that at that point it had been brewing a couple days before that, uh, maybe about a week where he was, where he was getting frustrated and uh, didn't, you know, didn't cause any commotion about it. Uh, wasn't it wasn't uh, it wasn't a, a bad parting or a bad divorce? He just was frustrated. His contract's expiring. He wants a new deal next year, and uh, I think he you know he wants to play. He wants an opportunity to play and, and get another deal. So uh, you know Miami should at first at least provide him with the opportunity because you know they need what he offers, which is supposedly some floor spacing and some rebounding uh, and he'll have plenty of motivation there. So it just wasn't going to happen for him here. Clearly they were going in a different direction. The Cavs were, uh, and 
just didn't view him as somebody who was going to help them in a playoff, either a playoff push for, for better seating or, or, or in the playoffs. And, uh, there was a little bit of tension there probably the last week or so from Kevin's standpoint. So, you know, it, that's when he that's when he decided, look, I, re- I really want to move on and get an opportunity to get some better. Is that, Sam, do you think his not being on the floor was 100% on JB or was it front office and JB or was it front office saying, hey, this guy's really not giving us? I, I'm just curious because ultimately JB controls the minutes that are on the floor, right? Sure. Yeah, he does. And I, I, I think it was, you know, JB had a conversation with Kevin before uh, all this happened and said, look, we're, we're going to remove you from the rotation. I, I you know, that's, that's mostly a coaching staff decision. There's certainly some input from the front office as well, but uh, JB has the final call when it comes to managing minutes within the game. Uh, they all work together, you know, they, they Kobe Altman and JB and, and the rest of the front office and coaching staff. They they work in unison. And, uh, if it was something that the front office was totally against, they would have they would have made that clear. But that's not the case. So, yeah, it's, those are usually collaborative efforts, decisions. Hmm. All right. So, what are you left with? I, and I'm okay with this kind of. To me, you're left with four starters who are going to play an awful lot of minutes the rest of the way, which, you know, back in the day, starters played like crazy. It just kind of goes against the trend in the NBA today to watch everybody's minutes and all that stuff. And then keep your fingers crossed that somebody off the bench has a good night. Sam, is that, is that where this team is? Yeah. I mean, you know, you know who your five starters are at this point with the, with, with Garland and Mitchell and, and Jared Allen and Evan Mobley and, presumably Isaac Okoro the rest of the way. And, you know, really when you talk about playoff series, okay, how do you generally win? Well, you're going to get what you get, what you always get from your your main four guys there, okay? So if you're talking about winning a series, well, you do that with your role players. So in the Cavs case, Isaac Okoro, Karis LeVert, Chetty, uh, Dean Wade, Lamar Stevens, those guys are, and Danny Green, I, I presume he's going to play, and, and Ricky Rubio, uh, who's supposed to play tonight after sitting out last night. So you've got to get something extra from at least one or two of those guys, probably three, if you're going to win a playoff series and if you're going to be the team that, that you hope to become in the postseason. So that's what they're left with. Uh, you, you know, there's a possibility they could they could fill Kevin's spot. Uh, there's a pretty hearty list of available veteran free agents that are out there waiting to be signed, and uh, I'm, I'm sure that they're looking for for another big guy. But if, if they do find somebody, it's not going to be splashy. I mean, Kevin wasn't playing. It's probably going to be somebody who who may not play much. But uh, for them, they just you know you've got to get something uh, consistent from the likes of either Okoro or Chetty or, or Dean Wade or, or Danny Green. Or, you know, you, you, you've got to have another guy beyond your, your four main guys there step up. Um, I'm just wondering. I mean, as we watched last night, and, you know, we've all talked about, you know, Evan Mobley being the catalyst of the future, even with Donovan Mitchell, that his role has got to be important. I felt like last night we saw that for three quarters, and yet he only ended up with two shots in the fourth quarter. Is there a way this thing is? And how does it, how does it mesh that he becomes 
I don't want to say bigger, but it just more uh, of an integral part of a late, excuse me, late part performance of the game and still be able to work the other factors into this to make this team go to the next level. Or is that a matter of having a bench that can be a little bit better and push this team forward? How, how does this team get better and get to that next level? A little bit above. I think they, you know, you're going to watch, look at what we did through the first three quarters. We, we, you know, everybody got their looks at the basket. Everybody got their, their I don't want to say like their shot attempt, like they're selfish, but the offense flowed and it worked. And you got away from that in the fourth quarter. You got away from Evan Mobley in the fourth quarter. And that's, you know, you, you've got to make a concerted effort to, to not do that. When, when there's a guy who has a hot hand, if it's not Garland or Mitchell, you still got to get him the ball. You know, that's that's something that, you, you know, they've had almost a full season together, but it does take time to to kind of mesh in that sense when you add a, a three, well, now four-time All-Star in Donovan Mitchell, uh, who's just very dynamic and, and, and great with the basketball, to kind of integrate everybody else and, and, and do that on a consistent basis. So that's something they need to get figured out between now and the start of the playoffs. Uh just everybody getting, you know, the the right amount of shot attempts and getting the ball when they have the hot hand as as Mobley did. Now Denver did some things defensively too to kind of remove him, so it wasn't all on the Cavs. But still, you you've got to you've got to figure out, uh, you know, look, we the only way this team is going to win uh, big is as a team, and, and you know, there's as great as Mitchell is, as good as Garland is. You've got to figure out ways to make sure that the other guys uh, stay involved, particularly when they're playing as well as, as Mobley did through three quarters last night. Sam Amico joining us, HoopsWire.com website, where Sam does a phenomenal job of covering everything in the NBA, HoopsWire.com. Uh, sure, the Cavs could get hot in the playoffs and, and you know win a series, maybe win two, Sam, who knows. Who do you like in the Eastern Conference? And the question I keep going back to, is Boston as good as Boston has played here in the regular season? I don't think they are. I think they're good. Don't get me wrong. But I just don't think that there's a dominant, you know, a very obvious dominant team in the East or West for that matter. Uh, and that's that's the great thing about the NBA this year is that really for the last two or three years it's been pretty wide open. Uh, but, no, I think that, you know, I like you. you Got to like Milwaukee. Uh, I think Milwaukee and Boston are probably the top two, and then beyond that, anything could happen. I've just never. I've, I've and I like James Harden as a player. I just never sold on him going anywhere when he's you know one of your top options as he is for the Seventy Sixers. So uh, the, the good thing for the Cavs and probably everybody else in the East is you know kind of the, the breakup of the Nets has really altered the chances. I would have told you, you know, a month ago that I wouldn't think that the Cavs would get out of the first round because they would probably have to play the Nets in the first, you know, as a four or five seed game. And I wouldn't think that the Cavs would win that series. Now, the Cavs face the Nets or the Knicks or I don't even know who else is in the front, maybe Bucks. Uh, obviously, the Heat you would like to avoid in the first round, but uh, I, I think the Cavs have been out of the first round now. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have said that, you know, when the Nets were rolling with Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving a month ago. But 
I, I think it's I think it's wide open. I really think anything can happen because there's there's no one dominant team. And uh, well, I, I, yeah, Boston's led most of the season uh, in the East, but uh, to me that that doesn't. I, I I don't think they're a whole lot better than the Cavs. They're just more experienced. Hey, Sammy, one last question for you. The ratings for the All Star Game were abysmal. What'd you think of that? That's being kind. Yeah, I am being nice. <laughs> yeah, I, it's it's not surprising, you know. And I I like Adam Silver. I think he's done some good things for the NBA, but I think he tends to overthink things. And that was kind of the case with the All Star Game. And that you know, just go back to East and West. You're going to have to if you want a better All Star Game. You're going to have to somehow, some way, find a way to add some financial incentive. You know, it doesn't have to be anything huge. Uh, you could pay the winning team more money and the NBA could match for charity or something along those lines uh, because the game's not worth watching. I, I, I could tell you I watched for two or three minutes and that I've, I've had enough. You know, wow. it's, a, it's, it's a layup line or a pickup game. That's, yeah. that's all it is. And I just think you've got to do so. I would start with going back to East versus West. I don't know why. Agreed. You know, yeah. They that, so. and, and players are now complaining about the lack of competitiveness in the game and that it's not good for them. So I wouldn't be the least bit surprised, Sam, if it's East-West shortly. I mean, NBA fans, viewers are saying, we've had enough of all the shenanigans. Just go play the game. Right. It's just, it, it, it's, it's, you don't want to put, put your biggest you know, event, other than the finals, out there and have nobody watching and, and have nobody try. And, you know, this, this is a game that you're supposed to draw a lot of eyeballs and, and people are just tuning out because of the product is so bad. You've got to do something. I bet I bet they will. They'll, they'll do stuff. They usually correct things when they're this bad or try to. We shall see. Hoopswire.com, that's where you check him out. He is Sam Amico, super friend of the show when he was on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram. Hotline. Thanks, Sammy. Thanks, buddy. All right, guys. Thanks for having me.